So we are continuing a series of messages on old-fashioned solutions to modern-day problems. And once again, just kind of a reminder, uh, you know, we live in a day that it's like we, we, keep in, we act like we're inventing new problems. But we're not really inventing new problems. The problems that we have today are just kind of the old problems repackaged. There, it's, it's the same thing. And the solutions for these problems of today can be found in the Scriptures. The way we're supposed to be dealing with things today was the way that we were supposed to be dealing with them yesterday. And one thing that we have going on today, and it's not a new thing, and this Scripture that we just looked at proved it, is the spread of false doctrine. Now, you often hear preachers lament you know, the fact that false doctrine is spreading so rapidly because of things like the Internet. And it is true. False doctrine is rapidly being spread on the Internet today. There's, there's no doubt about that. But the spread of false doctrine is not a new thing. Let's go ahead and look at some of these verses again in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says this, Know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Okay? For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust. Now, this, this, so once again, all these things we're seeing here, we see every bit of this today. And I think it's interesting how it mentions that these people, they creep into houses. Now, how are people creeping into houses today? I mean, are they doing it going door to door today? That's just not really our culture, how it works, okay? We don't often let, you know, people, I mean, most people in America today, we rarely let anybody in our house. I mean, we can go weeks and months and not have anybody come through our house that does not live there. Some people aren't like that, but, but many are. Yet at the same time, we have people coming into our houses, creeping into our houses, spreading false doctrine. And what do they do it through? Through the Internet. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And it's been going on even before the Internet through television. I mean, most of your TV preachers, if not all your TV preachers, are usually absolute heretics and nut jobs and crazy people. And so... You know, th- you know, this isn't a new thing. But notice it says too about these people. It says ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, as Jans and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also re- resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Jans and Jambres they withstood Moses, the guy who was telling the truth. And we've got this new idea of Christianity today, this new mentality, and it's in Baptist churches. We have this new mentality that we have no enemies. That we have nobody working against us. I was just reading a, a, these, a blog post by a Baptist preacher who's actually taking a stand against some other guys who call themselves Baptists. And the stand this pastor's taken is good. You know, he's right in his position, but it's like he spends half his articles apologizing and he's doing like an eight uh, article series on it. And the second one is called, you know, They Are Not the Enemy or something like that. And I'm, and I'm, and I know these guys he's talking about. I'm thinking, well, they're my enemy. And it's like they've got this attitude, you know, you're not my enemy. You know, I'm not against you. I'm just against what you're doing. Well, yeah, but understand what these people are doing is against what we're doing. Okay? That makes you an enemy. 
Okay? I don't care if we're playing checkers together. All right? If we're playing checkers and you know and you're trying to jump my guys and you know you're my enemy. All right? I'm going to try to I'm going to try to defeat you. I'm not going to talk about how we're friends. I'm going to try to figure out a strategy to beat you. And you know what? I'm trying to promote the King James Bible. I'm trying to promote the old paths. And these clowns that want to come along promoting the contemporary junk, bringing in other Bibles and false doctrine, they are my enemy. And especially when they are trying to be an influence. I mean, these a lot of these guys are huge influences on the internet world. They're all over the place online. They use social media to try to spread their influence. And it's working against what I'm trying to do. So you know what? They're my enemies. And we've got the, there's this new mentality that says, no, these people aren't our enemies. I'm not against anybody. You know, we might be a little different, but no. They're enemies. Alright? And right here it names some of the enemies. Janus and Jambres. They were the enemies. It doesn't say their position was the enemy. No, it's saying they were the enemy. It said these guys were reprobate concerning the faith. That's not a nice thing to say, but it was true. And it says, But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. It needs to be pointed out when people are spreading false doctrine, they need to be contended with. We need to stand against them. And folks, I'm just going to warn you, we get this radio program going. I'm not planning on doing a radio program just to do a bunch of feel-good stuff. You go ahead and listen to the Christian stuff on Sundays. There's already plenty of feel-good, you know, he that hath no sins cast the first stone, judge not. There's already a ton of that on the radio. But when we go out knocking doors, we hear the same junk all the time from people when you ask them if they know for sure if they're going to heaven. And I intend to address this junk. And I intend to call out some of these people in these groups that are teaching this garbage and letting their folly be made manifest. That is what I fully intend to do because it needs to be done. You know why? Because false doctrine is being spread. It's all over this town. It's all over this world. And I want to fight against it. And how are we going to do it? Because we do. It's, it's tough with things like the internet, with, with television, with the world getting more and more wicked. How do we combat this false doctrine that is being spread? What are we supposed to do? Because first, just a couple things I want to cover before we do that is, First, we've got to realize false doctrine is not a new thing. In Acts chapter 15, verse 4, it says, And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. But there rose up certain sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know that how a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. You know what they were doing? Some people came along saying you had to be circumcised to be saved. It was a, you know what they were doing? They were spreading false doctrine. The church was brand new. It was brand new. I mean, it's fresh. Everything's good. But you know what? It didn't take long for the devil to come in and start trying to put some leaven in there. And let me tell you something. You add any works to salvation, you, you don't have salvation. It's over. So you know what they did? They got together. You know what they did? They had a dispute. There were people that didn't agree. But you know what? They came together and they realized, hey, this is wrong. This is a false doctrine. And they got it right and they called out that false doctrine. And you know what? After they called it out, it was only a matter of time and they were trying to do it again 
It never stopped. Listen, the enemy is never going to go away. The devil's not going to quit. He's still trying to spread that false doctrine. Then it was circumcision. Now, one of the things we hear in our town is, well, you got to be baptized. You know, you got to speak in tongues, depending on who you're talking to. You've got to at least be a good person. You got to go to church. You got to do the sacraments. It's the exact same thing that they dealt with then. And you know what they did? They came together. They, you know, hashed the whole thing out, and then they called it out. And they taught the truth that you know what salvation it is not about works because you know what our fathers weren't able to keep the law and they're not going to be able to keep the law and we can't even keep the law we got saved without works they can be saved without works and we need to understand that this is not a new thing as soon as the church started the devil tried bringing false doctrine in Paul warned the people this you know that was going to come you know Peter warned the people in Second Peter chapter three verse one. Says the second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Peter said, Hey, the days are coming where they're going to start doubting the coming of Christ. These people, they're just scoffers. They're people who are walking after their own lust. He was warning these people about what was to come. And Peter said this under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And we're crazy if we don't think there's people out there today, if there's, that there's people out here in this town that are scoffers walking after their own lust, just trying to deceive people. We're crazy if we don't think that. You know, and people do. They're just, the pastors today, even Baptists, they just have this passive mentality. They don't want to fight with anybody. They just want to get along with everyone. But there are some teachings out there that are wicked that are sending people to hell. And you know what? We can love people while you know hating their doctrine and while calling them out at the same time. I hate Catholicism, but I love Catholics. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call out bad Catholic doctrine. If I don't know any of the priests personally, I don't know any of their names, if I knew the names of the priests that were in this town that were teaching some of the junk that they're teaching their people, I'd call their name out if I knew them. Because that is, it's a wicked thing that they're teaching. And this stuff needs to be called out. And I'll show you some Scripture on that in a little bit. But there is no doubt that today, today I think something especially sinister is going on. You know, And what's special about the false doctrine of today because this is why people think this is a new thing. Because it's like it seems like the doctrines have gotten exceptionally stupid today. I mean, people who you know two weeks ago were calling themselves Baptists, you know, are preaching that saved people can spend time in the lake of fire. You know, the the Doka doctrine, you know, whatever, just you know, stupidity like that. But what's special about today is the fact that you know false doctrine can be mass produced through television and the internet. Now on television it's it's limited as to who can use that. Because to use television you gotta have the money, don't you? Alright? But on the internet, you don't have to have the money. And this is one of the good things about the internet. In the internet you see a little more reality of how things are. For example, if you watch television today, you'd swear half the country is a homo, and you would swear that hundred percent of the country love is fine with that. You'd swear that. But the thing is, on television, you know, they tell you this is all that's available to watch. This is all. This is, here's your choices. Pick from them. You know, on the internet, 
you actually have real choices. And I love watching these stupid politically correct ads just miserably fail, like this Gillette ad everybody's complaining about. You know, I'm glad to see that it's failing. Now, the thing is, if it wasn't for the Internet, you wouldn't know that everybody hates that ad. Okay, but because the internet, because you can put thumbs down and stuff like that, you can see that you know people hate this stuff. All right, people hate that junk. All, and I'm I'm not going to take time to go into a lot of examples there, but you know the previous generation, I believe one of the things where they're failing, and one of the reasons things are getting so bad in Baptist churches, they have failed to use the tools and technology that are available today, while the devil and his crowd are using these things. There, you know, I understand why the preachers of old couldn't use television. It was too expensive. You know, it was always the false prophets that had all the money. Okay, but you know, the internet it doesn't cost a lot of money to use that. In many cases, it doesn't cost any money. You know, and I believe we should use these tools. I think we should use social media and YouTube and all these things. And the real reason that preachers aren't using them today. Here's the real reason most Baptist preachers are not going to put their sermons on YouTube or Facebook or anything like that. The real reason is because of the fact that they don't want to deal with the persecution. It's because these guys are watching all the television. They're convinced that most of the country is for homosexuality and for perversion. They're convinced that the, most of the world feels that way. And they've seen the people that actually do get attacked and deal with persecution. And so they've just decided, oh, I'm just going to stick to the old paths and you know just... Preacher from the pulpit, you know. Hey, we need to use these things. We need to use these things because the devil is the devil's using them. And I'm convinced that the apostle Paul would have had the internet and YouTube. I think he'd have had a YouTube channel. I really do. I believe he would have used that. He would have used you know whatever he could to help get the word out. But today, people are afraid of persecution. And you know what? Newspapers, okay, like the Sword of the Lord, Revival Fires. They're, they're just a joke anymore. Because first, I mean, I, I get those things. They come here. But first off, they don't cover anything controversial. The only thing, the most controversial stuff they'll, they'll cover, it will be, you know, you know, if you go inside the paper where most people don't get past the first page because it's so boring, you'll see them talking about certain current events. And it's usually Fox News talking points. That's it. I mean, and it, it will not get any more controversial than Fox News. That that's as, as bad as they don't they're not they don't deal with any real doctrine. I mean if you look at the titles of the sermons, you know, God is love, you know, just forgiveness, you know, just all the feel good stuff. They don't they don't want to do that. And I'm I'm sorry, watching these guys go around promoting their papers, it remind it it reminds me of a sale it's like watching a salesperson go door to door today trying to sell encyclopedias. Okay? That's just not going to work, all right? Unfortunately, we have Wikipedia today. We have the Internet. Nobody buys encyclopedias anymore. That used to be a thing. They'd go door-to-door selling encyclopedias. And watching these guys trying to peddle their papers, it's just like watching that. Watching these guys try to peddle their papers, it was like watching somebody try to sell tin cans tied to a string in the age of cell phones. And these guys do that too. And everybody's like, oh, they were so bold. They were so great back in the day. But you know why I think John R. Rice is? were so influential and well-known. Here's why John R. Rice was so effective. Here's why John R. Rice, you know, he could go to, you know, he'd have these regional Sword of Lord conferences and they'd have hundreds of thousands of people there. This is what John R. Rice, a guy who when he would have his conferences, I mean, he would have all the preachers go out and go soul winning. 
And they would have, I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of preachers, hundreds sometimes, come to these things and he'd have them all out soul winning. Today, you can't get a bunch of preachers to come to a meeting. Even if you feed them steak and biscuits and gravy, they won't even come. And they definitely aren't going to go out soul winning. I've been to these things all my life. I have been to conference after conference after conference all my life. I've never been to a conference until you know the crowd I hang with now where they had soul winning. Never. Ever. I never went to a camp meeting where they had soul winning any time. I never went to a preacher's conference. I never went to a soul winning conference where they had soul winning. Never. Okay. Now, apparently they used to do that back in John R. Ice's day. He was before my time. But you know why he was so influential? Because he used the effective media of that time, newspapers. But you know what? People hardly do that anymore. They're not using that anymore. They're using things like the internet. And then what do they do? That old crowd they look at that, and you know, they they just complain about all these young preachers using the internet. You gotta stop listening to these guys on the internet. You know? Well, you know what? You promoted the guy using the latest and greatest media when it was a newspaper, but somehow you got left behind. You've lost your influence. You're not making an impact anymore. You're too scared to go on the internet because you can't handle any persecution. So you know what? Just shut up and leave us alone who are actually trying to make a difference. And unfortunately, that is the mentality. And listen, I, I, you know, these guys that promote these papers, I like a lot of what they teach. I'm for what they're doing. But, you know, at the same time, they're not making a difference. It's not helping and they, they need to move on. So, you know, the previous generation, they're just sit around, they're doing nothing. They're just lamenting the fact we're living in the Laodicean church age, you know, and we need to be using these tools that are available. And we just need to make sure, though, we stick to the Bible principles when it comes to dealing with the false doctrines of the last days. So, you know, the internet it is one thing that's interesting about today. The internet's made it possible for literally anyone can reach out to the masses. You know, so for the example, our radio program, when we do this, if we do this radio program, that radio program, it's only going to get out so far. You know, the radio signal only goes out so far. You know, so it's, it's a little, it's pretty difficult with that, but you know what? I'm also, we're also going to use the internet, which has the potential to reach a global audience. You know, people all over the world can hear that, and anybody can use that. Before, on the radio, if you were on the radio, it was only going to get out so far. It cost a lot of money. It was very limited, the crowd that you could try to attract. Now that you can reach a global audience, literally the village idiot can put a YouTube channel together and he can just reach out to the village idiots of all the villages in the world. And he can look like he has a big following. Because every village has a village idiot. And so, you know, you can, if you have 100,000 villages, you know, some, you know, moron can get 100,000 subscribers or something like that and look like, you know, he's actually important, you know, but it's, it's not really reality, but at the same time, there, it's, it's one, one person who in the old days never would have been able to be an influence. Now he actually can be an influence today. And so, you know, I said in, in internet, I said the internet, it is, it's, it's available to everyone. You know, anyone can try to gain a following. And so, you know, it's a, you know, any nut job can, you know, potentially reach a global audience. And so, what do we need to do today? 
So what are the old-fashioned solutions to dealing with this problem today? Because like I said, you know, guys like the Brian Denlingers that are out there, the Robert Breakers, you know, 20 years ago, those guys would have never, I mean, they couldn't have even filled up a room, you know, 20 years ago, you know, let alone a church. But now they can get a huge online following because they're able to reach the village idiots of all the world. So what do we need to do today to combat it? Well, it's the same thing that we've always been supposed to do. It's the same instructions that God gave Paul. Let's go ahead and look at some of these things. Go to Acts chapter 20 and verse 25. Now, every one of these things that I'm going to talk about today, we have Baptist preachers preaching against this type of thing. But it's a, they, they preach against people like me and pastors that, that do things like I do. They, they preach against that. But this is exactly what they did in the Bible. And because we've been brainwashed by television, because we've been brainwashed by all these people on the internet just saying, you know, let's just get along with everybody, let's be nice, let's be ecumenical, let's all hold hands and sing kumbaya, you know, even Christian people have been convinced of this junk, and it's just false. It's not it's not biblical at all. Look what it says in Acts twenty, verse twenty five. It says, And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take to you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which He hath purchased with His own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock." Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. So right here we see we're supposed to be watching for wolves, the Bible says. Paul told these people, he said, I warned you night and days with tears. He's crying to these people because it's like they didn't understand the urgency. He's saying, listen, when I leave, there's going to be people that are going to come along and they're going to teach damnable heresy. These people are going to come along. There's going to be people among yourselves, even amongst you. There's going to be people that are going to rise up speaking perverse things. This was Paul's crowd. This was Paul's congregation that he was teaching. You know what Paul said? Paul said, from my congregation, from my people that I've been teaching, there's going to be false teachers among you that are going to rise up preaching perverse things. And you know what Paul did? He warned them with tears. And I say all that because there's this guy out there in the online too, this Craig Black, all right, who is going around and he's trashing Pastor Anderson who's going to be preaching here because of all the bad fruit that comes out of his church. Well, guess what? Paul said, there's going to be bad fruit that comes out of my church too. There's going to be people among you that are going to rise up speaking perverse things. But you know what? Well, here's what's important. It's not does a guy you know, pop up that's bad out of there. It's what does he do after that guy pops up? And thank God guys like Pastor Anson will call him out, call him a wolf like Paul said to do, throw the guy out of church or whatever. That's what you're supposed to do. But you've got this clown out there. Must be something wrong with him. Must be something wrong with the tree. Well, if that's the case, there was something wrong with the Apostle Paul. Because he said this is going to even happen in my crowd. And you know what? It can happen in our crowd. It can happen in our church. And we're supposed to watch out for that. And we're supposed to call out the wolves. Right. Like, oh, we can't do that today. We just, we just all need to get along. No, we've got to call out the wolves. We cannot a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. We can't just allow false doctrine coming into the church. We can't let people come in here teaching a work salvation. 
We can't let people come in here that are okay with perversion or that are perverts. We cannot allow these things. And it's going to happen, folks. It's going to happen in our church. And don't get all shook up. Don't, get all, don't go all crying and wondering what to do. If one of these days, somebody that's in our church that we all love and that we all respect, if it turns out that they're a heretic and we got to throw them out of the church, Paul told these people, it's going to happen amongst you. I don't know how I can get you all to realize this. You think, no, nah, it's not going to happen here. We're all too nice and sweet. And Hey, sometimes folks are deceptive. And if it happened in Paul's church, it could definitely happen in ours. I'm not better than the Apostle Paul. And he warned these people, and we're supposed to be watching out for wolves. We're supposed to call them out. We need to be teaching the whole counsel of God. Notice what Paul said in verse 27. He said, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. We've got to teach everything, folks. We can't just teach God is love. He who hath no sins cast the first stone. We've got to teach the whole book. We've got to teach the whole counsel of God. That means we've got to talk about things that aren't comfortable. We've got to start getting into you know our daily living and our personal lives and how we should live and the sins that we need to keep out of our lives. We need to we need to talk about these things. They need to be uh, they need to be preached loud. We need to call these things out. Matthew twenty eight verse nineteen, the Great Commission. Everybody knows about the Great Commission. Well, one of the things Jesus said in the Great Commission in verse twenty, after he said, "Go into all the world." He said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. That's part of the Great Commission right there. Yeah, but if we teach people this stuff, we're going to lose people. Great Commission says, teach them to observe all things. I've preached messages before where I'm like, you know, I'm going to lose some people on this. And you know, most of the time when I've got up and I've preached messages, especially when we first started this church, I remember there were several messages that I preached early on, and I remember telling my this we're gonna we're gonna start losing people on this one. You know, we're gonna start losing people on this one. I, I was just but you know what we usually didn't. But there were a couple times we did. And you know what? Oh well. The Great Commission teaching them to observe all things. I don't try to run people off. But let me tell you something, teaching them to observe all things is gonna run some people off. And we we're supposed to do it. We've got to teach the whole counsel of God. Because this is why these people are this is why so many churches today, you go into most Baptist churches today, all they're gonna preach, God is love, you know, judge not, just the same lovey dovey, feel good stuff. And it's these same pastors that are crying about the fact that all their church people keep getting led into false doctrine by people on the internet. Well, maybe if you taught them the whole counsel of God. They wouldn't get caught up in false doctrine. Maybe if you actually taught anything. And maybe if you used more than one verse of Scripture in your message. Maybe your people wouldn't fall for this stuff. Maybe if you did like Paul and you watched out for wolves and you paid attention to what was going on and you were paying attention to the tactics that the world used, you would know how to combat these things. I want to know who the enemy is. I want to know what they're teaching. I want to know what they're spreading. Why do I want to know these things? So I can get up and I can refute it. So I can teach you all. So you'll know how to combat that stuff. If I'm hearing people over and over again bring up the same false doctrines, there's a reason for that. Somebody's spreading it somewhere. It might be somebody on television. It might be somebody on the internet. I'm going to find out where that's coming from. And when I do, I'm going to get up and I'm going to rebuke it. 
I'm going to call them, I'm going to call out the names and I'm going to take the Bible and I'm going to show you where they are wrong and what the truth is and you just don't see that with preachers today. You you do not see them do it. I've seen it over and over again too. And you go to these. I'll watch these conferences and things. I don't get invited to them anymore. I'll watch them if they put them online. But I'll watch these conferences. And I was watching one, and there were several references to our crowd in this one conference. You know, these people coming up, talking about being halfway through the tribulation. You know, and I'm thinking, oh, good. Here he's going to try to refute it. And this is what this is what the. I'll tell you right now. I ain't going to be here for one second of it. Oh, good job. Alright, that's all you got? That's all, no scripture. No scripture. You know, and you wonder why your people are all listening to us. You wonder why they're not following you anymore. It's because you're not using the Bible. You're not teaching the whole counsel of God. You're just getting up there and think because you yell a little louder and you got a southern accent and a Schofield Bible, they're all going to listen to you. That's not enough. Okay? You've got to actually show them from the scriptures how these things work. And what the Bible actually teaches, and there's a reason they're not doing it, it's because they can't. But at the same time, it is crystal clear, the Apostle Paul, he didn't shun to tell them the whole counsel of God. Jesus said to teach them to observe all things, and we've got to actually be doing that. You know what that means too? That means that Sunday morning, uh, you know, crowd too, you got to preach doctrine to them too. Everybody's always wanting to preach salvation every week, because that's the only time they evangelize, is in the Sunday morning service, they gear all their messages towards lost people, and then they wonder why the saved people in the church aren't growing. You've got to, you've got to teach them doctrine. And so, look at 2 Timothy 2.15. So we need to be watching for wolves. We need to be teaching the whole counsel of God. And you know what? This is a word too. People don't like This is a bad word. We don't want to look like a cult. We don't want to look like we're Amish or something like that. But some, there's some th- things and there are some people we need to shun. Oh, you know that. I know that sounds like a bad word because the Amish stuff, but it's a biblical word. Second Timothy two fifteen says, "Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their world word will eat a cank as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already." And overthrow the faith of some. Alright, now I want to notice a couple things about this passage here. First off, I want you to notice how, you know, he said there are some teachings we are supposed to shun. Alright? We're going to stay away from these things. We're going to stay away from these people. And I want you to notice too, how these individuals here, he doesn't call them in this passage, he doesn't call them wicked. He doesn't call them lost or anything like that. You know what he says? He says they are mistaken. Okay? They've erred. Concerning the truth, they have erred. They are just wrong. And you know what he did? He called out their names. Of whom is Hymenius, Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred. You know what? One thing we see a lot in Baptist churches is people get offended when we call out other saved preachers who are just wrong. You know, it's like it's okay to call out the Joel Osteens and uh, you know Rick Warrens and people like that, but you're not allowed to call out the fellow Baptist, you know, because they're saved. You know, and how dare you put something out there publicly? How dare you make a YouTube video or something about them? You know, and putting it out there for everybody to see. Well, first off, 
The Apostle Paul did it. And listen, he did worse than making a YouTube video. He put it in the preserved Word of God that has gone throughout the entire world for the last 2,000 years. I'll never be able to beat that. These are just guys that got something wrong. And they all got called out for the whole world to see. We're still talking about these guys. They just made a mistake. They just got something wrong. They just erred. Yes, but their error was overthrowing the faith of others. So you know what? They needed to be called out. And there are preachers out there that I think are saved people, that I think are gen, you know, they, they, they're trying to be good guys, but you know what? They are wrong. And you know what? Their error is overthrowing the faith of some. So you know what? I'm gonna do like Paul and I'm going to name them. I'm going to call them out. So people will know, hey, don't follow this guy. He is wrong and he's leading people down a wrong path. That right there is completely socially unacceptable in the old IFB world. But you know what? That's exactly what the Apostle Paul did. And he took it to a level that I will never be able to take it to. He put it in the Word of God and I will, I, I'll, never do, I'll never be able to do anything like that. I'll never be able to do anything that public. I wish I could. There are some names that I'd love to be able to get out there as public as Paul did with that, but I just don't have that ability. But Paul did it. And so we're, all, we're, you know, we're constantly being told we need to get along. We're constantly being told we need to all come together as religions. But you know what? That is wrong. Jesus said in Matthew, or Mark chapter 10, or Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. Wait a minute. What about when the angel said, peace on the earth, goodwill towards men? What do we see around Christmas? Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Okay? Wait a minute. What was he talking about when he said peace on earth, goodwill toward men? This is peace between man and God. Y'all understand that? That was peace between man and God. It wasn't talking about peace between man and man. It was peace between man and God. We need to be at peace with God. Okay? So there's no contradiction here when Jesus said, think not that I'm come to send peace on earth. Okay? That peace on earth could have determined that was peace between man and God. This is different. Look what he said. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foe shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Listen, we, I understand we, we want to try to get along with people. We want to be united, but we cannot compromise on truth. The, especially when it comes to salvation, it means the difference in where someone will spend eternity. And we can't go loving people more than we love God. God is not going to change His standard. God's not going to change His Word. And we can't just to get along with people. So, that is just, that is just a false teaching. It sounds good. And can't we all just get along? That sounds good, right? You know, wouldn't it be great if all the religions could come together? What if we just had a Sunday where all the towns say, you know what? Let's go, let's go meet in the big building somewhere. Let's just all have one service together. You know, let's all hold hands. You know, let's all, you know, sing to Jesus. And you know what? I'd hate to exclude the Muslims. If they want to call on Allah, they can. You know, and the Buddhist, you know, man, wouldn't, wouldn't that feel so good? I had somebody come here one time. It was a relative. Came here one time. They were coming here when, they, when we first started the church. Then they ended up moving away. They, they'd come a few times. And they came one day and I asked them about the church he's going to. And, oh, we're going to this church. I forgot what it was called. 
one of these generic names. He's like, oh, it's great. He's like, we have Baptist and Buddhist, and he's like naming off all these religions. We all come together. I'm like, man, that's not how that works. Uh, that's that's not good. That's not that's not okay. And you know, he was talking about like it was just the greatest thing. And you know what? You look like a jerk when you say that's wicked. You know, you look like a jerk when you that. But is that not the truth? Now, what's going to happen when you speak that truth? You know what's going to happen? Division's going to happen. And that's what Jesus came to do because the world's not naturally going to unite around truth. So, real quickly, another thing we need to do today, this kind of goes along with what I've been talking about, these people that are teaching this false junk, we need to rebuke them sharply. Okay, We don't need to go like the guys on these blogs and spend 14 paragraphs apologizing before we finally get to the rebuke. All right, look what it says in Titus 1.7. This is after it gives the requirements of a bishop. Okay, it says, Bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not sued angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. Oh man, Paul's calling out the Jews right here. We're not supposed to do that too, according to Baptists today. But look what he said. These people that are of the, these unruly and vain talkers, look what it says, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Rebuke them sharply. Why? So they'll be sound in the faith. We need to call people out. We need to call people up. I have, I have done that. I have made many phone calls to people. I mean, I, I've had some of the most entertaining phone calls you can imagine calling people up and be like, hey, what's up with this? You know, if it's people that I know personally, I do, I'll, I'll call these people up. I don't mind doing it. And I'll let them know, hey, you are wrong. And I've just learned, you know what? It's a waste of time beating around the bush. You know, and a lot of times they don't listen. And so, you know what? I will not hesitate to call them out publicly. And rebuke them sharply, especially if it's if it's somebody too that I feel like has some kind of influence in our church, especially or in our community. I'm going to call these things out, and that's what he said. He said, "Rebuke them sharply." You know, we're and we're constantly being told today we just need to mind our own business and not be mean. But you know what? The apostle Paul didn't practice that. In Galatians two, says, "But when Peter was coming to Antioch, I withstood him to the face." Peter was a good guy. Peter was a good guy. Paul, but though Peter is making a mistake, Peter's doing wrong. Paul withstands him to the face. And it says, because he was to be blamed, for before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles, but when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. Peter's error that he was making, Peter, who was a good guy, it was affecting some of Paul's crowd, including Barnabas, who was a close companion of Paul. And so you know what Paul did? He withstood him to the face. And you know what? Thank God at least Peter was enough of a man of God that he got things right. 
You know, Peter was somebody who, you know, who learned from it. He might not have understood everything, but even Peter, when he wrote about Paul in his epistle, he wrote about their beloved brother Paul. You know why? Because rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. And Peter was a wise man. He made a mistake, but you know what? Peter considered Paul a beloved brother because Paul was man enough to withstand him to the face and tell him the truth. And you know what? We're not seeing that today. Today, even Baptist preachers, because we have this mentality that nobody's allowed to say anything against anybody, nobody's allowed to correct anybody. I mean, you correct most guys today, they're your enemy. I was joking about making Brother Gomez come out here when Pastor Anderson is here preaching. But you know what? That crowd, they don't want to have anything to do with me anymore because I withstood Keith Gomez to the face. When he was bringing in a heretic to try to attack a man of God, I withstood him to the face. I called him up. I went to the meeting. I went and I, I had conversation with him at the college and in his office. And I didn't listen to what he tried to shove down my throat. You know, he tried to pull the rank card on me. The fact that, you know, he's president of this big college and big church. You know, I'm just young whippersnapper. You know, only been pastoring for six years. He tried using all that stuff on me. But you know what he could not do? He could not open up a Bible and show me where I was wrong or even where he was close to being right. He couldn't even do it. He had to bring in a nut job heretic to try to do it for him. And that man couldn't even handle a face to face with me. Keith Gomez forces Sam Gipp to have a sit-down with me. And Sam Gipp can't even do that. He couldn't even let me talk. When I tried to open up the Bible and ask him, hey, what about 2 Thessalonians chapter 2? Hey, hey, what about, you know, Romans, you know, what about, uh, you know, Galatians 3 and 4? I couldn't even get to those things. He's interrupting me. He's just throwing out insults and he runs away like a little girl. And then I call Keith Gomez up and I tell him what happened. And you know what? He just proceed, he just, he's just trying to pretend it never happened. He couldn't handle the rebuke. I'm on the blacklist from that crowd. None of them want to have anything to do with me anymore. You know why? Because I did things the way the Apostle Paul did. Okay? And I said, well, Keith Coleman, you know, I think he's a good guy. Okay, well, Peter was a good guy too. But you know, here's, uh, but here's the difference with Peter and Paul. Peter, when he got corrected, he was able to handle it. Keith Gomez couldn't. He still hasn't come out and publicly admitted he was wrong for what he did. He has not publicly, he hasn't done that. Why? Because obviously he's not a wise man or he just has too much pride. But we, and we see that same crowd, these people that, you know, that I grew up with that knew me, they don't want to have anything to do with me anymore and they will talk about my behavior. And I don't see where I'm doing anything different than what the Bible teaches. I'm pointing out grievous wolves, calling out false doctrine, trying to teach the whole counsel of God, trying to use the Word of God, and people just can't handle that today. And you know what? The Bible said that was how it was going to be. But notice how in all these verses, I didn't even go to all the passages where it talks about how things were going to get in the last days. Things are going to wax worse and worse. Said, Notice how it didn't give updated instructions for when it gets bad. Here's how we handle it then, and here's how we're and we're supposed to handle it the same way now. And yeah, the wind's shifting; it's blowing another direction. They're saying let's do this a different way. I say let's stick to the old paths. I say let's go to the old-fashioned solution for these modern-day problems, and that 
That's what's, and this is the crowd too that I'm talking about. They're the ones that think they're on the old paths. They love to talk about old paths. They don't even know what they are. They don't even know what they are. Their old paths are only from the 70s at the oldest. And then they're not even, most of them aren't even on the 70s old paths anymore. In the 70s, they were calling people out. In the 70s, they were naming people. And they were teaching a lot more doctrine in the 70s than they are today. And so, I personally think what we're doing today, we're, we're sticking to the old paths. We're the old, these are the old-fashioned solutions for the modern-day problems. And the independent Baptist movement today, it is being taken over by a bunch of effeminate sissies. Look, that, the previous generation, they're trying to hang on to their manhood. They're real big on hunting. They'll call these guys sissies and stuff like that. But they are also no influence at all. Okay? They are ineffective. Nobody cares if they call some of these guys sissies in their newspapers because nobody's reading it. Nobody cares if when they have their conferences behind closed doors in private with a bunch of old people, when they call a guy a sissy, that's not, gonna, that's not helping anything. These other guys, the sissies, unfortunately, that they're talking about, are out there promoting everything on the Internet. They're using the tools of today and they can't figure out why they keep losing their college students to that junk. You know why? Because they have become completely ineffective. And you know what? I fully intend in these modern days to use the modern technology to combat the lies of the devil. And I intend to do that while following the old-fashioned principles of the Bible. And you know what that means? It means sometimes getting a little ugly. It means withstanding some people to the face. It means calling out the names. It means not being liked. It means dealing with a little bit of persecution. But you know what? I didn't go to Sunday school my entire childhood learning about guys like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and guys like Daniel. I didn't go learning all those stories all those years. Just for me, when I get a chance to take a stand... Maybe get thrown into a fiery furnace, figuratively speaking, to just cower in a corner. Though when my opportunity comes to do the right thing or get thrown into a den of lions, figuratively speaking, to just go and hide in my closet and pray. You know what? I didn't, I, I got inspired by those things. And I say in this day and age, when people are going to throw a big fit, and when they're going to have, when they're going to cry like babies, and when they're going to call us all kinds of names, kind of like they did Jesus, kind of like they did the Apostle Paul, I say, you know what? Bring it on. This is what I was trained for. This is what I've been prepared for, and I'm not missing my opportunity to go through the flames with the Son of God. And I believe that should be our attitude. And you know what? I hope you all will support it too, because you know what? We t- we tend to make some people mad at this church every once in a while. And when we're on the radio, my goal is not going to be to make people mad. It's going to be to get people right and get people saved. But that means some people aren't going to like it. You know, what are you going to do? Oh, you go to that church? That pastor thinks Catholics are on their way to hell. Yeah, so does the Bible. <laughs> you know, are you going to stand with me on that? Or are you going to... Pastor Tommy, you know... I think we need to be nicer. You know, be nice while these people are on their path to hell. I think we ought to yell and holler and make a little bit of noise and try to wake them up. And I believe that is 
the way it was done in the Bible, and that's the way we ought to do it today. So, with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You for the examples You've given, the instructions, Lord. And we thank You for a book that never goes out of date. It never expires, but what is taught in here, it will work in every age, in every situation, in every culture. And I pray, Lord, You'll help us to hang on to these things and to follow them to the letter, dear God. And I pray You'll just give us victory as we try to make a difference in our community and in our world. In Your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead.